Um, we're going to talk today about giving. Um, if you're a, a first comer, if, you, if this is your first time in church, you might think, oh no. Is that, are they one of those churches that talk about it all the time? We hardly ever talk about it. It's just that you're here on the first one that we do. Um, you might notice as a church, we don't pass a basket round. Um, we did that because when we planted, we wanted to be a church for people that didn't do church. And so the idea was not to make people feel awkward or, or that's all we wanted. Um, but we don't talk about it a lot, but we're going to talk about it today. Uh, this is an area of life that's really important. Uh, and... Um, Something which is really weird, because the Western church reads about money, metaphorically, but about lots of other ethical things just in plain. And it's as if we try and let ourselves off, right? Uh, But this is something that Jesus spoke about more than most things, uh, and we're going to think about it today. Uh, A quick question. Have any of you ever tried to spend Scottish money in English supermarkets? Yeah. Has anyone ever been told that you can't? Has anyone ever been told it doesn't look real? And there is a correct line that you can say that there's a comedian that said this as well, that if you're ever confronted by a, 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 a cashier telling you that Scottish money is not allowed, does anyone know what that line is? Uh, so this is the line? I think you'll find that's legal tender. I think you'll find that's legal tender. The idea is, is that there, sometimes we can be stuck in places where the thing we have seems uh, worthless uh, but it can be transformed to something else. And we're going to think today about the idea that, that any uh, gifts, talents, money we have, we can actually exchange it for something even more glorious. Okay? Um, but I'm going to ask you a question first. And at Cornerstone, if you're new, we try and teach in an interactive way, partly because it's hot, partly because I know how, how hard it can be to listen to someone just talking at you. Most of all, it helps you remember it, hopefully more, uh, and also grow you in confidence to s- tell others a bit about faith. So here's a question for you. Uh, the depth to which you get the gospel, as in understand it and understand the good news of Jesus, that's what the gospel means, will match the depth to which you give. So the depth to which you get the gospel, like you understand what the good news of Jesus is, will match the depth to which you give. Not just money, but time, gifts, talents, everything. Okay? Uh, do you agree why or why not? Have a little chat together just where you are. If you don't know the people around you, you can introduce yourselves and say, hi, that's my name. If you don't want to talk to the people around you, feel free to say, actually, I'd rather not talk to the people around me. I'm going to think about this myself. We're not here to make you feel awkward. Uh, do introduce yourself though and offer it to those near you. Uh, we know it can feel a bit weird in church if you're new. The depth to which you get the gospel, you understand the good news of Jesus, will match the depth to which you give. Have a little chat. Okay, okay, I'm going to keep us moving today. I uh, know it's warm. I'm not rushing. I'm not apologizing for it, for those that want to challenge me. But, so, so, what do we think? Do we agree? The depth to which you get the gospel will match the depth to which you give, not just money, gifts, talents, but also money. What do we think? Um, this is not one of those ones I'm trying to catch you out. Uh, I'm interested to know what you think. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. So that's a really helpful start, actually. Christians do not have a monopoly on generosity giving, kindness, and love. And actually, I would say I've had lots of pastoral situations in our church 
where the people who have been best at loving people, sadly, are those outside of church. Uh, and we want to be honest about that. Sometimes we talk as if we've got the monopoly on it. I think it's a really helpful start. And I know that many of you, that will be your lived experience. At the time where you hoped your church would come through for you, it didn't. And, and I think that's really, really helpful. But you're up, you're right as well, you said at the start, there's something about if, if we're trying to share God's love, we need to know it. And so there might be a sense that it sort of makes sense that if I have a depth of knowledge about what God's done for me, I might then be able to explain it. Live. Does that make sense? It's really helpful. Thank you very much. Other thoughts? Other thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, so it's a helpful idea. So, so, so the gospel, often we reduce it down to you're bad and God needs to forgive you. That's a part of the gospel. It's not the full gospel. That The gospel is, is that, that, that everything about you is being called to transformation, that we've lived in such rebellion against God in every single way that we need a renewing of our minds and our hearts and our bodies and a renewing of the way we view stuff, that, that everything I have is, is from God. Why would I keep it? when it's his anyway, and so therefore if I have a deep knowledge of, of things, some of you go, actually, that's not right, I went to work, I didn't see God clocking in with me. Uh, the, the, the blood you have, the legs you have, the eyes you have, the skills you have, the food you eat, ultimately comes from a world that, that we believe God created and made. And so there's a sense of it's God's and God wants us to give it back and share it. So that's, that's helpful. So that would be a sense of yes, that if we get a deeper understanding. Yeah. One more thought maybe? Yeah, yeah, Simon? I love that. Yeah, so there's a sense, isn't there, that, that uh, and, and we've talked about this a lot in church, that, that if someone has done something just mind-blowingly gracious for you, it, it can be so life-changing that it then changes everything. And, and if he's res- rescued you from some huge depth, you want to be there as well. Uh, the interesting bit for me is that I would agree with this. And, and what's interesting is that Paul writes um, quite a bit connecting, not giving just as an act, but giving as uh, if you... Don't get the gospel. You don't know what giving really is. Just have a quick look at the end of the chapter, uh, verse uh, 13 to 15. Uh, Paul writes this. Um, because of the service by which you have proved yourself, he's writing to a church that had been generous, people will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. He ties it together. Do you see that? He ties this giving to the understanding of the gospel. Uh, and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. For Paul, the willingness to give time, money, talents is tied to, for the Christian, a knowledge of the gospel. Now this becomes quite challenging because it becomes quite a healthy check on how we're doing. This is one of those ways where the minute I start to find it difficult to give my time, gifts, talents, the minute I start to go, now this is mine, my time, my diary, my stuff, my things, it's a helpful heart check for where you're at with God. Does that make sense? And part of the reason I think Jesus speaks so much about money is that he recognizes that the love of it points out our heart attitude in so many ways. It's why I think we should take it really seriously that Jesus spoke a lot 
about not being trapped. And especially in a culture that tells you happiness will come with it, there's freedom in knowing that it's not. Does that make sense? Um, I hope that's helped. So let's, we're going to do this quite quickly. We're going to do some work together. Uh, a couple of things, just some thoughts. Um, first and foremost, if you're ever in a church that says to you, you should give more because then you're going to get more stuff, you're in the wrong church and you shouldn't stay there. Uh, above all the else that I say today, my aim is not to sort of force you or put you under compulsion to give. This verse is a really helpful check. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, right? That's point number one. It would be foolish of me to say, yeah, but you should give more. And we're now going to play some emotional music while we celebrate those who have given a lot more. Just waiting for those to come. Also, I don't know if you've seen, I've been driving around in a red Skoda, but I really could do with a Learjet, you know. <laughs> with the roadworks in Tame, I could do with just, you know, so I just need 54 million, if that's all right. Just Anyone? No? No, it's, it's awful, isn't it? And I think the tragedy is that we fall into that. Now, once again, it's not money that's the problem, but the love of money and, and, and the heart attitude about it. So, so number one, yeah? I'm not going to add anything. The verse makes a lot of sense. Uh, number two, here we go. Just some really quick practical things that, that aren't in the passage, but some things I've been taught in my life. Uh, do you want to know how you feel rich, whether you're your age or older? Okay, one way you can do it, it's oversimplistic, and especially in these tough financial times, and also our church treasurers will probably tell you, don't listen to this man for any financial tips. <laughs> There's, it's, it's deliberate that my wife is in S Club today. Uh, but the rule of thirds have any of you heard about the rule of thirds so the idea is if you want to feel rich in life however much money you come in right uh, you live off a third of it you, you think about okay if I've got a third of this money I'm going to live off it that's going to be my food budget the way I live and you adjust your lifestyle accordingly you save a third of it and then a third of it becomes available to do with what you want give be generous um, put it to a project this way, you'll never feel like you're without because you've got some savings. This way, you'll be living simply and, and thoughtfully. And this way, if some need arises, you'll always be able to give towards it. Now, what I will say is this was a brilliant Sunday school lesson when I was 10. I think adult finances are sometimes slightly more tricky. Um, sometimes we're thinking in our family, what's a third of negative 300? Uh, but, but... That's tricky maths. I don't know how you do that maths. But, but what's interesting is that sometimes I think we overcomplicate something that can be simple if we get our heart attitude right at the start. How can I live as simply as possible that I might be able to do something glorious? Also, my tip to you is start early, okay? Um, do you know the time in my life where I had the most money? Testify, before children was the answer. Uh, no, when I was 17 working at Stainsbury's, just before they figured out they should tax me. Didn't pay rent, mum and dad provided the food, the bills, everything. I'm not joking, I've never had so much take-home pay as that summer. I finished GCSEs, I got two and a half grand, right? I worked a lot, I didn't see the sunlight and I was deeply unhealthy, Katie can vouch me. Like, that summer was wicked. I, I spent a lot of it in the arcade, down at Bitten, Bitten Bowl. Okay, some of you know that place. Uh, Virtua Fighter was the machine. I, I've never had that much spare cash ever since. I've had car bills. And I, 
Start early. Start early. Start early with the rule of thirds. Start early thinking about your giving. Some of you are saying, I'll wait till I get to this point, then I'll start my giving, my time, my stuff. It's easier when you start small and create a habit, right? Lastly, beware, because the Bible does say that the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money itself, but the love of it. All kinds of evil. Like God takes this really seriously. And it's dangerous, isn't it? Because money makes us feel powerful and like we're in control. That's why God warns us so much against it. Because there will be a time in your life where you will face something that money cannot solve. It might be an appointment with a doctor, a a, a difficult moment in life, something that comes where money cannot fix it. And if you've got so used to putting your hope and faith in money... At that point, God knows it might feel like you feel like you've got nothing. Does that make sense as well? Like, like, it's so important. God knows that the thing that might make us have an illusion of control and power is money and wealth. And also he knows it is a thirst that cannot really be satisfied. The love of it. What's really fascinating to me is I looked at some pie charts of the different way people spend money. Do you know the pie chart's exactly the same as you go through? It's just like, so, you know, you might spend 20% on your car. It's just a slightly more expensive car as you got the income level. Your house is slightly more expensive. The clothes you wear might be slightly more expensive, but the pie chart looks the same. And, and the implication being, until you get to a certain level of wealth, it just doesn't satisfy. And so I want to just challenge you to be really aware. Does that make sense? Okay, really quickly, here we go. Jim Elliott is a missionary. He gave up his life, uh, but he said this. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. I'll say that one time. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. I have buried some people who have left huge amounts of stuff, no will, and a family in absolute chaos. And those are difficult funerals to do. There's that joke, isn't there, where there's a will, there's a family. Like, um, like... I'll tell you what, where there's no will, there's a lot of lawyers. But my challenge is, the second danger is that we might spend so much time, which we can never get back, accumulating so much stuff that we cannot keep, that we miss out on a relationship that no one can take from you. And a relationship which satisfies in a way that no other thing will. Does that make sense as well? You kind of with me? I want to challenge us. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Um, when I was on my gap year, uh, my friend and I travelled in America, and then we went to Mexico. And um, we were not very clever boys, uh, and we just thought that the dollar was going to help us out, because uh, they like the dollar in Mexico as well. Uh, there was a place, though, <laughs> where it turns out dollars were not welcome, and that was on the border. When my, ch- uh, my friend John, as I told you before, was held, because he had thrown away his visa in a bin before he went to Mexico. He just thought there was a spare bit of paper in his passport. Um, it was fascinating at that point that he didn't have the right currency. He had a lot of other currency, and we managed to figure out in the end. But when the moment came, he didn't have the right currency. And the challenge is, when it comes to money, stuff, and and time, what we want to do is exchange it for something that's really glorious. Now, I'm going to get you to do really briefly a quick bit of work as we come to a finish. Um, Dan, here we go. This passage is full of... 
just hundreds of reasons why giving in a generous way is a brilliant thing to do, right? What, how we can exchange it. I want you to just, this is the last thing I'm going to get you to do today. Just have a look. How many different things can you see in that chapter, okay, from 6 through to about 12, where Paul goes, you should give because, yeah? Last bit of work, and then we're done, okay? So just have a look. He, he lists loads of it in the chapter, okay? Have a quick look together. Have a chat together, if you're willing. Okay, loads. Why give? Why give? Okay. Okay, you do really well. Well done in the heat. So, uh, really quickly, just some things you've seen. Some things in the passage. Why give? Why give? Love that, doesn't it? That sense of personal enriching. Uh, not in a kind of, look at me, I'm amazing, but a sense of knowing God and trusting God more. Uh, and then the opportunity to then go and make a difference in our world. It's a lovely thing. Thank you. Any more? Okay, this is a really... And some people have said, look, if you give me £10, the Lord's going to give you £12. Uh, it's, it's, it's not actually how it works. There's a sense that you might, as we share in God's people here, receive back. Although, can I give one little challenge? There are some folk in our church who give, and it feels a lot one way. And they're not stopping because they've got gifts of, of giving, uh, but they're hospitable, they're caring, they're kind, they step in. I want us to ch- be challenged that we can all in different ways do that together and be aware of that. If you've got someone you go, oh, they're really lovely and generous, sometimes they can be at the bottom of the heap. So just, just bear that in mind. But here, I love it. There's something about that God sees it, and, and it's a bit like sowing. Like, you know, the more seeds you put out, the more you might get back. And, and um, you know, I, I think that can be both just the way people are transformed and changed, um, that you might develop friendships and, and people would be willing to step in. Um, it might be practically as well. I know that, that others have got stories here of that actually happening, that, that money when it was needed was given. But it's a really helpful thing. Yeah, any more? Any more? And this is Paul saying, you could give towards the salvation of people. I spent a lot of money on Virtua Fighter and bit in arcade, right? At the same time, at various points in our church, missionaries are coming and saying, I'm doing work here, here, and here, and here. Like, how mind-blowing is it that we can transform money into work that might help people towards faith? Like, it's, that's a mind-blowing exchange. Yeah, Chris, yeah. 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 Just sharing life, just explain for those. Uh, our charity in Tame, they, they run things like the food bank, the community larder on Thursdays. They also provide lots of other things. Because of, and I recognize it's a tough economic time, their, their food bank's very empty, all those things are down. Um, but that has had life-changing effects on people. Like There are people in our church here who, because some of you stepped in practically, are still here today, which is a, a glorious thing. So that's a really lovely thing. Yeah, just any more? Any more? There's a lot there. And just really quickly, we'll just through some. Um, verse 6, incredible returns. You said it already. Sow and reap. That there might be some kind of return spiritually, uh, also practically. Keep going, Dan. Um, that there's incredible contentment. Verse 8, Paul says that God is able to bless you abundantly. So in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good uh, way. I love the way Angela read it. The all, the all, the all, the all. The, the, the um, treatment to a... Uh, a worldview that is never satisfied is God saying, find satisfaction in me. Find satisfaction in me and everything else can flow from that. 
Some of us are spending money and working hard to try and find something that is never going to come through that. Comes through God. Keep going. Uh, here we go. Uh, incredible exchange rate. We just talked about it a minute ago. You can exchange time, gifts, talents, money into the salvation of others and into your own growth with God. That's pretty mind-blowing. Uh, last one. Here we go. Um, an incredible impact uh, actually changing the world, uh, bringing about acts of righteousness too. How incredible is that? That's what giving can do. Uh, Dan, here we go. Oh, one more. Possibilities. Uh, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. So, Jim Elliott says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. I, I want to encourage us to think about uh, how we can share our gifts, talents, time, uh, resources uh, together, both here in church, in our, our world, uh, and, and out with each other. I am aware that for some of us, this is a really tough time. This is bigger than money. But the fascinating bit is learning to have the right view of money is useful whether you've got little or you've got a lot, and it's useful in the tough stuff and the good stuff. And it's a, it's a mark of an ability to say, God, I trust you. The gospel says that you know the plans that you have for me, that, that, that you are doing in our world something so different to the way that culture often works. I want to be in step with that. Um, some practical ways just to give at church. Um, in terms of gifts, these are places where we're short uh, of people, Creche, NS Club, Tech, set up, pack down. The Wimble Place meetings that do Wednesday sort of Bible studies and then once a month on Sundays. Um, at our prayer meetings, looking for people to help coordinate events for us, hospitality here in church. I want to form a wild church team with a little love and then the big church day together. Those are just one aspect of giving. You can give through sharing life, through our helping of the homeless in Oxford. Uh, you can give financially. If you don't know how to do that, we've got some forms at the back. Um, Steve Laws is our new treasurer, uh, taking over from Anthony and Amanda, which we're grateful for. Uh, we're going to be having some discussions as a church. We've got some money and we want to be thinking about how we use it to, to help people come to faith. So be part of those conversations too. 